six films that use a lot of martial arts in their storytelling. I don't know what more I can tell you other than the usual warnings of spoilers and of course language. Thank you so much for listening to Rank and Review and if you have any feedback to give me, please do so by sending me to rankandreview at gmail.com That's R-A-N-K-N-R-E-V-I-E-W at gmail.com Now let's go fight. So, uh, this is going to be an interesting episode of Rankin Review. Once again, we're, we're, we're sort of stretching my, my uh, genre boundaries. I, I like to say I review genre cinema, which typically falls towards horror sci-fi most of the time. But, you know, I've done every kind of movie twice in this movie. But every, every movie twice in this podcast. So far, so good. Um, but I've never done an episode dedicated exclusively to martial arts. Kung Fu. Kung Fu fighting. Kung Fu cinema. Everybody was Kung Fu fighting. Is that, is that the, the right word? Is there like... A, martial arts probably, yes. Martial yes, arts. I'm going to say it's martial arts because yeah. I'm going to defend it being called martial arts. Yeah, and it, there's a whole sorts of different types of uh, fighting styles that we're going to be learning about. And Some of them uh, based on doing the splits. <laughs> Some yes. of them based on being drunk. Yes. Some of them based on taking the shape of various animals or, or personality quotes, uh, facets as you're fighting. Yes. Um, honestly, it's a genre that I've always enjoyed, like that I've always found an easier watch. Uh, usually when you get into a martial arts movie, it's pretty easy cinema. There's... Yep. A good guy, there's a lot of bad guys. There's a Most lot of, of these stories are not deep. Some of them are, are convoluted by mistake, but yeah. they're not, you're not expecting Amlet or something like this. I'm, well, honestly, I'm looking to be impressed. Mm-hmm. I'm looking to be impressed by the fight choreography, mm-hmm. and I'm looking, for me, I like those scenes that make me go, ow, when, yes. I, go, when, I, when I see a fight and go, oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of uh, most films made, at least on this side of the ocean, there'll be that little thing, no animals were hurt while making these yeah. movies. Yeah. 
Can that honestly be said of any true martial arts movie? Because a lot of people get hurt during these stunts. I had the pleasure of reading uh, Jackie, Jackie Chan's autobiography, and at the back of that book, it has in great detail from the beginning of his film career, career to now, every injury he has sustained in what movie. Right. He has a hole in his head. Yeah. A hole <laughs> in his head from falling headfirst out of a tree. Yeah. Oh, and he's he's screwed himself up royally. Like he's up there with evil Knievel as far as the amount of oh, bones no. he's there, broken. There's just there's one of a kind. There's yeah. there, there's only one Jackie Chan. Yeah, that's another thing that I like about the selection of movies that we have here is that we have real stars from the genre mm-hmm. that's sort of spread about here. Mm-hmm. We do have your Jackie Chan. We got your Bruce Lee, mm-hmm. right? We got the the new up and comer Tony Ja or Ja Tony Ja Ja. Um, like it's cool to see. Uh, how they are all different but the same you know they're all yeah. cut of the same cloth yeah. all amazingly talented at what they do is using their bodies as physical instruments yeah and um what the stunt work is an interesting thing that i think we need to talk about in this even even if they're using cables you know a lot of people are, are like think that it's somewhat dishonest to do the cable work yeah i think it looks awesome when it's done well yeah well, mm-hmm. if you want to know how out of touch the Oscars are, I have wondered for years how come there's never been a best stunt sequence yeah. or stunt scene at the Oscars because the amount of you know attention to detail and general risk to bodily injury, yeah. like it is in essence an art form of what's pulled off and it's and people have died doing this kind of thing. There needs to be an overhaul on how we quote reward cinema and under what criteria because for some reason the Oscars carries much more water than it should it like people for some reason respect the Oscars while at the same time everyone unanimously unanimously agreeing that they get shit wrong yeah all the time (laughs) you know so um it's it's a weird thing to measure it by, but they do do deserve recognition in the same way I defend slasher cinema or creature features. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not easy to make that latex monster. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to you know make your body this lean muscular physical instrument. Yeah, and that that talent will overcome the fact that you're, for instance, Jean Claude Van Damme. Damn, right? right? Nobody goes to see Jean Claude Van Damme because he's an amazing fucking actor. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just, you go to see his set of skills and yeah. what he can do put on dis, on display. Now, a lot of these movies are just showcase for rather elaborate, I would call dance sequences, but yeah. that's getting into my whole, this is more martial arts and why I wanted to do this kind of show kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but the, the just the sheer choreography and stunt work and attention to detail to the general risk-taking that these people do... Yeah. I think is deeply noteworthy. There's actually a best stunt show that where they you know have all kind of nominations, and so there's one. It's just it's just not the Oscars. But what these what these craftsmen do, I think, should be recognized because people get have been seriously hurt providing these kinds of entertainment yeah. too, and I think if anything that deserves a shout out. But I also think it's an art form, much to Meryl Streep's dismay. <laughs> well, and. I'm against the idea of putting myself, like, looking down on a movie. Yes. I don't want to look down on any movie. And I, yeah. I kind of... It's a, it sounds like a weird thing. It's a different kind of stunt work. But Jackass. Okay? Yes. Yeah. I was very resistant to the whole idea of Jackass. And I was just like, what a, what a stupid thing. I don't want to... Like, who would watch that? What a terrible, mm-hmm. terrible thing. 
And then one day I actually sat down with a group of people and saw the Jackass movie mm -hmm. and laughed until I hurt. <laughs> right? Yeah. There's something to be said about entertainment. And there's something to be said about the simpler the entertainment in a lot of ways, the better. Right? Mm -hmm. These are physical competitions. These are two, typically, I mean, he'll, they'll fight multiple people, but yeah. they'll lead up to a big boss fight. Right? It's a, it's a showcase of different sort of styles of martial arts and and that's very fine with me it's the one of the oldest form of entertainment that i imagine there is people get yeah. together to watch a fight take place whether yeah. it be real or whether it be staged yeah they like the idea of this combat and a lot this goes through a lot of cinema people will dismiss slasher movies as just a guy who's come for revenge and kills teenagers mm -hmm. well it works again and again and again mm -hmm. a mysterious stranger shows up in a town a nameless stranger and he you know, changes things for the better and then leaves. It's, we've seen that sort of template over and over and over again, but we never get tired of it. Mm -hmm. There will always be movies like these. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I think we've got a pretty good sort of slice of this kind of cinema. I will also say this, and, I, and even though I disagree with what Quentin Tarantino has said about action films, and we talked about this earlier, is that he said from like I think the mid '80s all the way into the '90s and, and the 2000s that there was only really one great American action film and all the rest came from overseas, aka right. Asia. And while I disagree with that, I have to say the level of commitment to what what is presented in these movies, you know, the stunts, the 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 dancing, the. I would just be less snotty about it and say that Asian cinema handles action better. Yes. Than American cinema. Yeah. Period. Yes. That's just been true. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> like, and I think that we saw in the 90s, like, uh, it getting that style getting embraced between yeah. things like The Matrix and, and, yeah. and, you know, John Woo making his films and this yeah. side of the ocean. That influences everywhere, you know. Yeah. Kill Bill sort of almost made it commonplace. Yeah. So... It's out there. Uh, yeah. It's it's global, and it's like I say. I think an ancient form of entertainment. Yes. Why kung fu? Why kung fu fighting? All right. Well, th this all sort of kind of started innocently. I was watching Meryl Streep's Golden Globe nomination speech, and rightly so, she was tearing apart tearing apart Donald Trump, and because it's an easy target these days. Uh, but she ends her little rant saying that MMA is not a form of the arts, and not in the service. She's you know correct. Well, mixed martial arts is a sport. Yes. So yes. I would say that it's a sport, not maybe less less an art, more a sport. Some people would say it's a weird combination of art and sport. Yeah, and she's right. It it is, sport that yeah. which she's referring to. But it did, there was something that, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way about it, and having lived overseas and seeing people do actual like tai chi, and you know, I've actually done kickboxing a little bit as a child, knowing that it is basically a learned series of movements expressively, much done like dancing. Right. which is sort of the art. Um, and there's a lot of martial arts where it is, you know, there's no contact involved, and then there are even dances where it is, there's physical, you know, combat involved. Anyways. Well, you'll see it in every one yeah. of, I think in probably every one of these movies, correct me if I'm wrong, there'll be yeah. a scene where a person's just rehearsing the fight. Yeah. Working their way through yeah. the motions, doing these different poses. Yeah. And, uh... It, that itself sort of is like yeah. a, a, its own little sequence that we're sort of expected to see at some yeah. point and honing their skill sometimes in group but more often it's just one guy yeah so yeah well it's just like I said a lot of these are just 
practice dance moves, and even and even the John Woo films, the, the the action choreography was described very much like a dance, which musicals it is. Musicals for men, man. Yeah. Musicals for men. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we're on the same wavelength. Anyways. I, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And when we get to the more. That's why I was kind of like Meryl Streep. Uh, yeah. I I mean I I know that she she wasn't technically wrong. I mean it was you know it's a sport. I get it, but it was just it seemed almost like a statement of just a little bit of snobbery, just a touch. Just a touch. And I think that's what kind of went like, ah, anyways. Hey, can I ask you something? Sure. How many fucking Oscars do you have? Like? <laughs> <laughs> okay. She's not overrated, all right? <laughs> she is not overrated. Yeah, okay, I know. I think I should introduce these movies and we should get started. Yes, um, okay. The six martial arts films that we are going to uh, talk about today, uh, Enter the Dragon from yes. 74. 73, 73? I think. I, it might be 73. Uh, the amazingly famous film because the main star who was went from being a superstar in Asia to a global superstar yeah. died before his biggest hit. Just under a week cinema. before the release, I know. Brutal. Uh, then jumping from a genuine superstar to a controversial figure, we're going to discuss Jean-Claude Van Damme. 73, by the way. Was 73 was yeah. the drink hit. We're going to discuss Jean-Claude Van Damme's... I, I think this was the movie that made him big. He'd done maybe yeah. a few other things, but Bloodsport made Jean-Claude Van, Van Damme. Damme. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying this now. I'm a, I'm a tad Van Damme apologist. Okay. I, I, I have a soft spot for him. Yeah. I know what you're saying. is You're not wrong. Yeah. Well, I've done over 100 episodes. This will be the first <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme wow. movie. I feel embarrassed <laughs> and honored at the same time. Uh, we'll have uh, Fist of Legend. Starring Jet Li, uh, a film that was interestingly much more popular on this side of the pond than the other. It's uh, it's respected, but uh, for some reason it was very much embraced by the American Bad audiences. Bad assery on display. <laughs> oh, That's yeah. how you're gonna even start this review. Is bad assery <laughs> definition. Uh. Uh, the Legend of Drunken Master, or as it is truly titled, Drunken Master 2. Yes. Uh, Jackie Chan, this brings back great memories again of Riel. I saw this movie three times. Three times Rest in, in the theaters at the midnight show at Riel Because yeah. when I first saw it, I could not literally fucking believe what I was seeing. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have some more recent titles here. Uh, Ong Bak, the Thai warrior, starring Tony Jaa, who's uh, fucking awesome. Sorry, I famously, the that's cool. I've been I've been dropping some f bombs. Uh, this one's significant because all of, unless the ad campaign lied, yes. all the stunts were accomplished without the aid of augmentation, special effects, yeah. ropes, cables. Yeah. They didn't do anything to digitally enhance Mr. Jaa. He just yeah. did his shit and yeah. they filmed it. So people got hurt, son. Yeah. And then finally, we'll uh, talk about Kung Fu Hustle, an absurd piece of cinema. Yeah, okay. So uh, let's do it. I'm All excited. Right. Yeah. Roper, Williams, and Lee, the Deadly Three, penetrate the secret chambers of an evil island empire. What do you know about Han? He lives like a king on that island, totally self sufficient. A fortress without walls, protected by an invincible army that needs no ordinary weapons. This is Enter the Dragon, the first martial arts film produced by a major Hollywood studio. John Saxon is Roper. He was in it for the money. U.S. karate champion Jim Kelly as Williams, 
He was there because he had no choice. Black Belt Hall of Fame undisputed martial arts champion and international film star Bruce Lee. His job was to get them out alive. So I'm I am a skeptical person generally speaking. Okay. But there's a handful of conspiracies or, or, or you know hanky stories that I think that if I led myself down the rabbit hole, yeah. I could convince myself is true, you know. <laughs> Some guy who was well spoken could talk to me about the moon landing and make me say, Yeah, that doesn't sound right. But this whole idea of the curse of Bruce Lee and his bloodline mm-hmm. Like, he died, like we said, just within days of this movie opening. Just and under a week. Yes, I'm sure the his weirdest... death contributed to it being an incredible success, but it was an incredible success. Yeah. And almost 30 years later, no, 20 years later, his son, come on, dies on the set of The Crow, which was the movie that would have made him a, a bona fide star. Oh. And it's just so strange that these two very talented, very, you know, interesting people died so tragically and so young, right on the eve of their greatest triumphs. <laughs> like, it's fucked up. Yeah. So there's a little bit of a dark glaze that comes over when I sat down to watch Enter the Dragon for the first time in many years. Mm-hmm. I had, I mean, I saw it when I was a kid, but mm-hmm. honestly, I just had vague pictures of mm-hmm. it in my head. Mm-hmm. And, uh... I really enjoyed revisiting this movie, mm-hmm. but while I was watching it, I couldn't help but think, like, this really is every martial arts movie and every martial arts video game mm-hmm. ever. <laughs> <laughs> right? There's this evil crime lord who's making a tournament, trying to get all the biggest badass fighters in the world into one place so he mm-hmm. can A, see them fight, and then B, either exploit their talents or mm-hmm. defeat them publicly. Yeah. That's the movie. <laughs> we yeah. get like different characters we get to know people uh, yeah. but uh and it's interesting like i could save time and use that as a descriptor for a lot of the movies that we're going to talk about subsequently <laughs> there's a lot of you killed my sister or you killed my master yeah, you're I, a bad I, person so. i have to defend my dojo you prepare to die i have been dishonored i have mm-hmm. here to prove myself blah 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 although there are so, although there are there are other more complex martial arts movies i look at um obviously um Touching Tiger, House of Flying Daggers, Hero. But talking about it in the context of 1973, this no. was actually a relatively no new one, thing. Yeah, no one had ever seen an action hero like Bruce Lee, like, yeah. at least on the Western cinema front, because they're used to their big, long, stocky heroes of like John Wayne, Clint, Dirty Harry was just a couple years ago. Let's be honest, yeah. he wasn't a white dude. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't a white dude. We're, we're, so here people was, were watching cowboys. You're right. Yeah. They were into like John yeah. Wayne and Clint Eastwood yeah. and shit like that in '73, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, so this was different. Yeah. And the fact that it was so huge, and the fact that he was a superstar, and the fact that you know movies were being released posthumously. Well, he was already a star over in China. That's right. He yeah. he could barely walk down the street in, yeah. in his native lands, but yeah. Enter the Dragon made him huge everywhere. Yeah. So. Beyond the curse, beyond yeah. the fuss, beyond mm-hmm. the muss, Lee Beckman yeah. is Enter the Dragon actually a good movie. It's thoroughly entertaining, and it's I it, the fact this movie got made at all is amazeballs. American produced but shot in Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and unprecedented. Okay, yeah. but get ready for this. So the, 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 this is the cool coolest fact about the movie, and this is about the director Robert Klaus, the director of Enter the Dragon. 
like Beethoven, he was completely deaf. I say this because I encourage you to watch this movie without sound. It I, I watched shot it twice. Sound. They added all the yeah. sound in post. Yeah. Everything. Uh, and there was that. In Klaus was essentially a workmanlike director. Nothing overtly flashy about him. He, he turned out sort of serviceable thrillers, horrors, mo- mostly kung fu flicks. He came out with a killer dog movie called The Pack, which I'm trying to say. Anyways, and you look at his filmography, and he has films like Black Belt Jones, The Big Brawl, a couple of Bolo Young movies. He tried to make Jackie Chan ball. an action hero in the States in the 80s, but alas, no dice. But, yeah, I encourage you to watch this movie without sound the next time. Um, there was nice you know, touches of character moments that go beyond the usual skin, skin surface storytelling. Example is that the slow-mo shot uh, where he's just defeated the bodyguard O'Hara. You know, the guy that was somewhat responsible for the death of his sister. Yeah, the big that was almost the most emotional confrontation of the movie. Yeah. Uh, it, there was a lot more fighting to go, but that was We should of, probably actually get into the story if we're doing this, yeah. yeah. Well, let's reel this back then, son. Um, yes, well, we get to know Lee, as he is yeah. called in this story. Yeah. Uh, yes, his sister got mixed up with this traffic, this drug trafficker, yeah. or human trafficking, I can't remember... Well, he's a both. whole bunch of things. He's a, he's he's a, a bad drag dude. dealer, body trafficking. So he's entered this tournament, but it's not just about you know uh, getting well under the auspices of that is just trying to compete in the tournament, but it's yeah. also about achieving some form of revenge. Yes. Uh, but he also meets other people but in the he, tournament. Yes. He's also been recruited by the British crowd. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of things Mr. at play, Lee. and not all the cards necessarily turn at the end of the movie either. Yes. <laughs> but. Uh, Basically, yes, Lee is our hero, where he's going to go in undercover, yeah. he's going to win this competition, he's going to expose the bad guys. Yeah. But Good triumph over evil. Yes, he's going to defend his dojo, because this dojo has also been offended by mm-hmm. this former member. But most of all, you killed my sister, better to die. <laughs> That's right, his sister was also murdered by the bodyguard of uh, Han yeah. o- O'Hara, who him and his cronies... Try to do some not some naughty things to his sister. So it's personal. Yeah. 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 Anyways, there's a scene where this is the final fight between him and O'Hara, and O'Hara is, it turns treacherous because Lee's just you know kicking his ass and then the Woo! yeah that that famous howl that you love so much. Um, and as even Han sort of you know yells O'Hara no, because he knows that's dishonorable and. Lee's, you know, spins around, jumps in the air, and then lands on O'Hara and snaps his neck. And it is that... Crunch. Crunch, not only that, but that eerie music starts to playing. But, uh, but as well as a you know, close-up of Lee's face. And the look of it, of first, you know, sort of finality and completeness and just almost rage, this look of almost brokenness and horror that he's crossed the line. I just did that. I just did that. Yeah. Uh, and he's crossed a line that he'll never come back to and... And he's killed in the name of revenge, and that's not the philosophy. He's, he's been asked to stop, but not kill. It's interesting, like, he's very physically proficient, but yeah. a lot of the stories on the set was, like, when it came to him doing scenes and yeah. having lines, he was actually incredibly nervous. Yeah. Um, and I think he comes off, knowing that, considering that, he comes off fairly strong. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't seem scared in the shots. He mm-hmm. just seems to have this reservedness. Yeah, you know well, he's, speaking, he's, he's much speaking. more comfortable making his weird hooting, fighting sounds, and kicking ass yeah. than he is pushing plot. But like most action heroes that we we're going to see for the next couple of decades, we didn't, you know, watch Cobra because of how eloquent 
Sylvester Stallone was, right? In order to be a superhero, you had to be good at kicking ass. And in that category, (laughs) yes, Bruce Lee was a legendary ass kicker. Yeah, oh my god, this guy just... (laughs) I don't think he's the definition of ass kickery, but he's definitely the first. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, no, Klaus was completely deaf, and he had two casts, basically, you know, his American cast and his... Um, the Asian cast that he had to work with and the, the amount of communication for a big budget movie is yeah. amazing. Yeah, amazing. And it's already there's already a language barrier. Yeah. And then there's this other layer of yeah. separation. But the, that's interesting, like yeah. that, it, that maybe that gave something to the approach. And I also think that because, like I said during the introduction to this mm-hmm. episode, like uh, it's two people fighting or the fight competition is such mm-hmm. a sort of stalwart I- idea, like a mm-hmm. thing that people have been into for so long Mm -hmm. like it didn't seem to them i doubt when they were making it that they were making it such an important movie Mm -hmm. like such a historical movie such Mm -hmm. a classic movie Mm -hmm. like because i do think that that that, that's all valid Mm -hmm. and and like a lot of true classic like i've said before i think if you set out to make the greatest movie ever made Mm -hmm. you're going to trip up on your own feet Mm -hmm. if you set out to make the best movie you can Sometimes, Sometimes you, you end up making a fucking greatness. classic. Yeah. And I think that's what happened here. I think that they stumbled into greatness. Yes. Uh, well, I think once again, it's lightning in a bottle. But once again, we're seeing, at least for Western audiences, something they've never really seen before. Uh, and They I mean, were first. I mean, That he, definitely helps. Yeah. I mean, he had been a, a hit on the Green Hornet already, mm-hmm. so he was known on television, so he wasn't completely, you know, plucked he, from obscurity. He was impressive in that show, but he was a sidekick in a mask who didn't yeah. speak, right? Yeah. But here he spoke, he moved, he kicked ass. He, he kicked was the things. center, of, he was the heart yeah. of the movie, he was the center of the story. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so on top of that, our our man leading this ship was deaf. Yeah. And I thought, I just think that, that that's brilliant. As well, that, that class, I'm going to go all the way to the end, I'm sorry, I'm spoiling it, but it took 800 mirrors yeah. Pull that effect off that we that we have at the climax when Han and Leaf you know face off for the final time. I can't see the camera. I don't know where. You would. I don't know. They somehow positioned it and yeah. And you can't see it. And it's a masterful, well shot sequence. And even like with no sound, it's beautiful to look at. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's another one of those things. You know, the mirror scenes or the fight in a room of mirrors yeah. that you see in a lot of these movies. Yeah. Here it is in one of the first and biggest of its kind. Like yeah. it. It, it arrived. This this whole genre seemed to arrive in the United States fully formed, right? Mm-hmm. Here it is. And here's its greatest star. Oh, but he's dead. Yeah. It's <laughs> tragic, I know. It's a dark cloud over it. It's also interesting, some of the other... Like, Jackie Chan is a stunt person mm-hmm. in this movie. You can see him getting thrown around a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy who plays the big bad in Bloodsport... Bolo Young, yes. Yeah. Uh, it, it, here he is in 1973 and he's still apparently making movies today yeah um so having any kind of tangential contact to this movie like Mm -hmm. this feels to me like this is this is martial arts sort of dawn of the dead you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) the zombie cinema has its dawn of the dead Mm -hmm. martial arts has entered the dragon yeah uh but But all of the pluses and minuses of that because 
It is a very 70s feeling movie. Yes, it like, is a time capsule of a movie for numerous reasons, yes. Yeah. Like, I think that a modern audience is going yeah. to be taken away from it. There's going to be another layer of separation just because of the difference of time. Yeah. Uh, you know, what's the name? But I think any true cine- cinephile should see this movie. Oh, of course. Yeah. What was the name of the huge black dude? Oh. Oh, um... Oh you got to be a pause too. No, no, no. I know. I, I hold on. I know. Jim I, Kelly. Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly. Sorry. Jim Kelly. I'm the black exploitation angle of this movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he is like, again, like you'll see in a lot of movies. Yeah. He's the black guy who dies first. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't but do well. He's a full character. We get yeah. to know him and like him, but yeah. like. He, that has to happen. There has to be yeah. characters that we like who die. That dies. was something else that um, sort of kind of sprang out from here. Like, Shaft was basically two years earlier. Right. So black exploitation films were just coming into the known. But here was basically um, two different races seen in, you know, a positive light that white America hadn't really seen before in a lot of ways. And there's a great relationship between martial arts movies and uh, black exploitation movies going hand in hand. Yeah. Here's kind of the birth of that crisscrossing this of it and aside from the visual flourishes which yeah. they do attempt at times like uh filling the frame with hanging ropes and baskets yeah. and stuff like that for yeah. them to battle through yeah. uh that that all works for it but yeah. what i like about the 70s aesthetic for it is that it's not like the jason Bourne shaky right in the yeah. fight yeah they fucking put the camera there yeah. and you watch bruce lee take on 12 dudes in five seconds and, and hang their mark after mark after mark yes yeah, yeah. And, and in that way you go like you would keep on saying the big musical numbers these yeah. richly choreographed things because yeah. with a long shot like that one yeah. person trips up on his feet and they gotta re- start from zero yeah <laughs> right yeah. like long days yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I guess I'm saying I'm a big fan of Enter the Dragon. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. It's, it's one of these things that it's hard to where it's going to put rank on its list. Like, yeah. uh, it's an important movie. It's, it's a classic movie. It's an, an entertaining movie. It's a historical movie. It's an entertaining movie. Yeah. Is it number one? Well, I'm not going to drop that coin just yet. Yeah. <laughs> but it's certainly, certainly worth a watch for any kind of cinephile. Yeah. Um, it's neat, if anything, to see this movie as sort of a, a time capsule because, like, once again, you know, one of the buzzwords now is, of course, white privilege. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that if you, if you look at the opening credits, you've got Bruce Lee, but right up there is John Saxon. Now, John Saxon is fine. He's great in the movie. It's, you know, he's a B-movie legend for no reason. But it's sort of interesting to quote that they couldn't quite have just... I mean, Bruce Lee is clearly the star. Mm-hmm. It's a, you know, it's a showcase for him. And better mm-hmm. and worse than that is that after the success of this movie, if yeah. not for the man's death, yeah. Hollywood studios would be lining up yeah. to get him to star in their next movie in yeah. 1973. Yeah. There's no equivalent to Bruce Lee today, and there won't be one anytime soon. Yep. Yeah. For centuries, the Society of the Black Dragon has sanctioned an ancient rite of combat known as the Kumite. Open only to the world's most lethal warriors. It has never been won by a Westerner. You are not Japanese. I can do it. Now, for the first time, the true story of America's super agent, Frank Dukes, can be revealed. Uncle Sam can't afford to let you get hurt. I'm going to. Frank is going to fight in the Kumite, and we're here to stop him. 
an awesome human weapon. It's me just looking at it. Who infiltrates the Chinese underworld. I did not come this far to stop now. Take him. So, Bloodsport was amazing when I was 12. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All righty. Like, I have some childish uh, affection for it. When I still played with Masters of the Universe figures, uh-huh. I remember doing my own kumite with kumite. all of the Masters kumite. of the Universe yeah, figures. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I was, I was on board. I was on board. Um, it's not a good movie. <laughs> no. <laughs> I noticed your air of disdain <laughs> the second you started. Uh I, I hadn't seen it in years. Thank you. Mr. Beckman actually bought me a copy of Bud Sports. <laughs> so Once again, do I don't this. know if I'm embarrassed or proud, but here we go. We could do this uh, podcast. Uh, yeah. But I was, like, I've been doing a lot of nostalgia titles. Like, Matt and I just gushed over Deep Star 6. I just heard Because it. we loved, we just loved going back. Yeah. There's, a, there's a risk, because sometimes going back has its rewards, and you can just get be like, oh, that's awesome. And then other times you go back and you're like... <laughs> I thought this was so cool. Like, <laughs> I was so stupid. <laughs> Ouch. Ow. Now, I'm going to dial, dial it back a little bit. Okay, Ooh, here's the I thing. mean, once again, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're just an asshole. You're just an asshole. Okay. Look, the, the muscles from Brussels, as far as, again, being physically able to kick people and especially do the splits. Yes. He... I understand why he had a career. I get it. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> yes. But if we make the case, as many will, that Bloodsport is Jean-Claude Van Damme's star-making and finest hour. Okay. Seriously fucking ouch. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's like, he's got to have made 50 movies by now, right? So oh, I'm sure. If, if this is his best one, I'm saying fucking ouch. But I'm not going to do the research to prove or disprove that because, yeah. like, I have I have like a ridiculous movie collection, as you know. Yes. I have two movies that with Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah. This one and a movie called The Quest, which I haven't even watched yet. As at this moment, <laughs> it came as a set with three other movies that yeah. were probably more interesting to me than The Quest. Fair enough. So. As a kid, I was kind of a fan. I yep. went through this thing where I liked, you know, muscly guys fighting each other. Not wrestling, but muscly guys fighting each other. I went through a weird gay phase when I was a little kid. There's <laughs> things going on there, but okay. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Yeah, which is one of the most gayest. Conan, that right. kind of stuff. Yeah. I was okay. really into. Yeah. So I did, I did watch a lot of Bloodsport, and I understand its appeal. I do, I do. But even more so than Enter the Dragon, this is a yeah. time capsule, yeah. and all of the things about it being set in the late 80s okay. don't necessarily make it more charming. Okay. It kind of adds to the sort of weird, toxic Grit vibe in your that teeth, I was feeling. Yeah. So I'm being way harder on the movie than it deserves, yeah. but yeah, overall, I was not blown away by Bloodsport. But... I'm willing to hear a second. <laughs> okay, look, look. It's easy to pick on a Jean-Claude Van Damme and, and his movies. His films have the personality of a raging 14-year-old teenage boy. Yeah. <laughs> Cocky, arrogant, idiotic to the point where you want to slap him. Always showing off and cheesy and no true game when it comes to the ladies. But hey, whatever. Uh, but he's a, And he's a legend in his own mind. And Bloodsport is no different. 
it had it has all the tropes and hallmark, hallmarks of any sort of Van Damme film, and it's trademark split scenes, the the triple you know cuts of him you know, either kicking or you know, elbowing. Uh, but this is all, but this is a young, young and hungry Van Damme. You could sort of tell like like the, he, he was trying so hard to become a star, and this film had a lot of problems. You know, once again being made and it got completely re-edited. So just a, a lot of love went into this movie. It cheaply made. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the plot, such as it is, really yeah. quickly. Yeah. There's a famous underground international fighting competition called the Kumite. Yes. And Jean-Claude... just like that. Kumite! 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 Yeah. yeah. And Jean-Claude Van Damme has gone AWOL or, or... From the army, yes. From the army to participate. So, uh... Hunted by a young Forrest Whitaker. Yes, Forrest Whitaker and, and his other. partner uh, have these wacky chases where yes. they're trying to... Yeah. They have no chance of catching. Like, he yeah. spends his days fighting these lethal motherfuckers in the ring. These yeah. two fucking dudes in suits bumbling around. Yeah. Uh, it, not a problem for him. Yeah. An entire subplot of the movie that is only salvaged by the presence of Forrest Whitaker. And only that because you can say, oh yeah, Forrest, Forrest Whitaker. Whitaker. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. But I, f- I think that there would be a way to make this movie awesome again. Yeah. Bloodsport drinking game. Okay. All right. Then. Anytime Jean Claude does the splits, yeah, you gotta have a drink. Okay. Anytime he says more than six words, <laughs> he doesn't have a lot of dialogue. And yeah. when they do, they usually hear it like "Thank you, friend," or, or like <laughs> "No, you did well." But every now and then, he. I has just to love like, his. I love his dramatic no. 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 <laughs> Okay. Anytime they say the word kumite, you can have a whole lot of like things. It's not even acting, it's emoting. I love I love young, angry, reflective Van Damme. But again, yeah. in the template, the problem is that he, the biggest problem was that he just basically didn't speak English. Yeah. I, mean, I think was what was holding him back. Yeah. But um, I think that you could make this movie fun in a so bad it's good kind of way. Yeah. And I'm not even saying that in a mean way. Like, yeah. like. I was hostile coming out the gate, but because I think that this movie is in a company yeah. of way better movies, too. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. So, like, yeah, I make fun of Bloodsport, but like yeah. you say, it's sort of like picking on a kid who, who pissed himself at school. He's already had a bad day, you know? <laughs> See, like, I'm a Van Damme apologist for numerous reasons. Like, one thing that's not sort of known about him, uh, and this is also kind of like close to my heart because I have people in my respective family that suffer from this illness, is he's bipolar. Yeah. So, all you know, you look at these sort of th- the things that happened off screen from him, rising star to the drug problems, multiple affairs, and him crashing a car into a nightclub and stuff like that. Him, you know, kicking an actor in the head on the set of one of his movies and him getting... Blinded in one eye. I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, His erratic, over-the-top behavior is... He's a victim of this illness. And so I've always kind of had a soft spot for the man himself. Um, But uh, the fact that you know, he, this is also a canon film, and I love that aesthetic <laughs> of, of canon films. You really need to see that documentary, Electric Blue. Yeah. And that would be another thing, sorry, to go yeah. back to the drinking game. Yeah. Anytime there's a montage. Yeah. Because this movie montage is built of montages. montages. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> 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 its real name is The Montage Movie. This is the movie <laughs> that the people from South Park got up in the morning for. <laughs> Well, and, I mean, let's peel back the layers. Let's go deep. Sure. 
If you look on, uh, if you go on the internet, I'm sure that there's like some gay subculture to every movie I've ever made. Okay. But there's there's something a little bit gay about this movie too. Uh, the already? way it fetishizes like Jean Claude at times. Yeah. The way the camera is just peeling over his luscious bod. Yes. And there's something about the scene where he's being trained and they have the ropes. Yeah. And he's got like he's being stretched almost like he's about to be drawn and quartered. Yeah. And then he tightens his muscles and and pulls himself straight <laughs> yeah. and he has like this like mangasm as he does it it's either that or he's having like the best shit of his life <laughs> okay got him at larry i didn't i didn't you, you, that, you i didn't, I didn't, I didn't you, quite at least interpret it that way but already you think i'm pulling this out of the clear blue sky <laughs> I, need, I think i need to revisit a scene is what i need to do <laughs> but actually the truth is is that blood sport awakened something in me and uh, I, I would like say... to use this time as my moment to officially announce to the world okay. that I'm a homosexual <laughs> no I uh I, I don't know I think can't that say that I cut that out of it man but okay <laughs> I'm just saying there's something luscious about the way he's presented on screen right. he is a gorgeous hunk of man all right <laughs> and the movie goes out of its way okay in a way i don't remember them doing with jackie chan no. or with jelly <laughs> like he is this. well oiled i'd say that there moments but uh, okay all right. all right well everybody's calmed down <laughs> i don't know if I'm... also i use a screensaver of him doing the splits uh, yeah. uh, from the desktop of my computer did you really no no oh. <laughs> See, I, was all excited I think we've gone way off the rails. Yeah, okay. Bloodsport. <laughs> and then he fights guys. <laughs> Here's another thing about the, maybe it's the age that this movie came in, but the Kumite is supposed to be this ancient sort of competition. Yeah. And the reason this is, uh, we're watching this movie, because based on a true story, it's the first time that uh, a, a non Eastern competitor won. Yeah. So basically, the first Kumite worthy of a movie was Which the is... one where the white guy won. <laughs> yes. Right? It's kind of got weird politics in that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. The, well, the fact, I think this movie is based off a true story, but that's even sort of been long put in contention that Frank Dix was a fraud and they found holes in his story and they've never, there's never proof that there was an undergrad in fighting. And Hollywood well. never let the truth get in the way of a good story. story yeah. But uh, it's every fight movie you've ever seen. He's yeah. got a buddy that he makes that uh, even though they're in competition with each other, they find solidarity and yeah. he gets fucked up oh, by yeah. the big bad guy. Bolo Young. Yeah. This movie is essentially just a remake of Enter the Dragon in a lot of ways. You know? much, well, and that's yeah. the thing. Having yeah. just watched Enter the Dragon and yeah. stepping into Bloodsport, it yeah. stinks. <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can see that being a little. It, yeah, but the fact that it's essentially just a remake of End of the Dragon, and you know, one of the villains from Dragon is the big bad Bolo Young, who's a weightlifter and a martial artist. And Jean Claude Dreamy, though he may be, is just no Bruce Lee. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, I know, I know. But it's the. I also love the different mix of, of the showcases of the different kinds of martial arts. Like End of the Dragon had a couple, but you, there were multiple on display. We've got Muay Thai, we've got. Kung Fu, we have Karate, uh, Muay Thai kickboxing, I think I might have said that already. Um, but uh, just multiple different kinds of fighting, fighting, yeah. so, fighting styles put on display. So as that as showcase for that, that was neat neat to see. Yeah. Um, but the story, like, it is, we've seen this story before, to say the very least. Yeah. Uh, I think just know what you're getting into. 
Mm-hmm. If you want to watch something that's got like real bad '80s syndrome, like it's dying of '80s a little bit, with, but it's with the hit song "Fight to Survive." Yeah. Fight to Survive, full of montages, <laughs> full of John Claude Van Skimpy Yoel, underwear. I think his name is <laughs> like Fight to Survive. I think you could, on the right day, have yeah. a lot of fun with this movie, yeah. but I could not honestly say that I thought it was a good movie. Yes, yes, that's uh, where I kind of land on Bloodsport. Fair enough. Yeah. No, no, it's 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 a movie of its time and place and that sort of canon films aesthetic with the cheesy, you know, 80s montage songs and the montages yeah. and... Um, I, I can't speak to the direction my life is taking, but I'm sure, like, it's on my wall now. Mm-hmm. And someday I might be in some goofy, half-drunken mood. Or just be horny. <laughs> so, <laughs> so <they're all> just... <laughs> See, this is the time where you could make that... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There'll be some weird time. But where I mean, I'm I'm glad that we're having this conversation and you're feeling free to. There'll be some time where I'll be in some weird mood and say, you know what? I need to masturbate to blood sport. Blood sport. I need to rub one out. China. A courageous people remained defiant and prepared to protect their way of life. When their most honored champion falls to a powerful enemy, a nation mourns. But one will rise to defend his legacy and fight to become his nation's greatest hero. First and most obvious thing for me about Fist of Legend mm-hmm. is that the fight scenes are amazeballs. Yes. Like, we've talked about two pretty, you know, high-profile, well-known martial arts movies. Yeah. I'm talking on just a technical execution fighting standpoint. Yeah. Fist of Legend is better executed than any of the movies that we've talked about so far. I, I, I kind of wanted to start off with the, the definition of the word badassery. <laughs> Here's what it is. It's a noun, North American, informal, and the definition is behavior, characteristics, or actions regarded as formidably impressive. Yeah. And that is a sh- bang-on description of Jet Li's martial arts yeah. abilities and screen pres- presence and persona. It's really, I've, I've talked about Jet Li before on the podcast, and I think it's interesting because his power is really compact. He's not yeah. a huge dude. No, he's But he can kill you three five, times six, before seven. you realize what the fuck just happened. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. He is fast. Yeah. And he can move, and he's like, you know, he knows where to hit and how to hit you in a place that's going to make you not a physical threat. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but you saw, to me, even you stop, you think about it, like, like Jet Li's not an amazing actor, but his just persona in a lot of ways yeah. is probably the most meanest, earnest, straight to the point, you know, like this is a, like, this is a person you clearly do not want to mess with. Yeah. And I think he specializes in that sort of quiet power. Yes. Like, uh, there's a scene about halfway through the movie where he beats the shit out of a classroom full of people because his master had been defeated in a fight. Yeah, a bunch of samurais, actually. Yeah, yeah. And he takes his shoes off before Mm -hmm. he starts the fight. 
mm-hmm. and there's just something about the precise way in which yeah. you're taking your shoes off where you're, you're like, like oh, oh shit, shit. <laughs> <laughs> right? but that's a real talent yeah. like he's not even he's not even fighting yet but he yeah. brings presence to that and yeah. again i think that he's uniquely gifted at doing that yeah and I talked about it in the introduction. I like fight scenes that make me go, ow. Yeah. 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 There was a lot of good fights in the, the two movies we already talked about, but yeah. I didn't do a lot of that. Yeah. I spent most of this movie going, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Ah. The, one of the first fight scenes, he like dislocates he, and breaks the arms of a classroom full of little of bullies. He relocates a jaw on a person that is simply <laughs> masterful to behold. And the guy sort of lunges back and he, uh, uh. Yeah. like, I know that's a visual gag, but dear God. But yeah, uh, and he, he not only is he not, not, not a blow is landed on him, yeah. it doesn't seem to be a real exertion on his part yeah. to do any yeah. of this like there's not a hair out of place yeah <laughs> so well, it's yeah. only at the end that he starts to break a sweat and a little bit of yeah blood, he, but... well when he starts to fight the boss battles yeah. but basically we meet we meet him he's studying abroad but he has to come back away from all those bullies because he finds out that his teacher has been defeated his master has been murdered yeah he's been poisoned as we find out later through the through the plot and uh yeah so he goes he defeats the person who would won in a match and is going about the business of trying to get his school back up and running in a respectable place, which is, again, very common template. I can't speak to him really a lot as an actor. I always think, like, for an action movie actor, he's always been fine. In this case, I I watched the movie with subtitles, speaking his native language, and I never didn't believe, generally. So... I do think it's a movie that is about its fights. Yes. I think that there's a little bit of times but, where I feel my, my thumbs orbiting each other between yeah. the scenes when the fights are happening. Yeah. But I watch martial arts movies to see martial arts. Yeah. And I do get a little bit greedy for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a, uh, I'm usually the story guy, the character guy, the plot guy. Mm-hmm. But if I'm watching a fight movie and I'm being honest about it... Mm-hmm. Let's see the fights. And yeah. the movie does deliver that. I'm not saying that it's slow or anything like that. I but think out of all the movies on the list... I don't want to say it has the strongest kung fu, but it definitely has, I think, the most bone crunching. You like, feel the hits. There are a lot of legs and arms and hands that are broken in this movie. Yeah. You uh, feel the yeah. hits and the breaks yeah. and the yeah. ow. Yeah. Ow! Yeah. <laughs> it's ironic. When I first wanted to do this, I thought this movie would be number one. I don't know if it is. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. But um, it, the sheer ferocity that's put on display from Lee and the other sort of stunt teams is yeah. is is impressive. And this is a lot, once again a lot of you know actors hitting marks very quickly but at breakneck speed they actually had to ask him to slow down cuz the camera wasn't catching a lot of it. It's like, getting blurry. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz he's you know that, that's him not even at his full quickest. That's that's scary. Oh, tell your dog to stop being so noisy. He's doing his own kind of kung fu. <laughs> um yeah, so it's hard to break down the movie beyond, like, it's amazingly executed for the fights. Um, mm-hmm. The plot is every martial arts movie is to a large extent. But uh, uh, one of the fight scenes that was one of my personal favorites I want to bring attention to yeah. is uh, when he meets this older fellow yes. <laughs> for a match outside to defend the otter of... Uh, in the field, no less. Yes, yeah, they, yes. they stand out in the field yeah. and uh, they sort of show each other their specialized techniques they do a display to each other and they talk to each other before the fight actually begins and as the fight happens it's really windy they incorporate that into it and the old man's getting grit in his face and he's having a hard time 
seeing. And Jet Li notices that he's slowing down because of this annoying grit in his eye. Yeah. So they both stop. He blindfolds himself. And they blindfold themselves. Yeah. yeah. And they continue the fight. Yeah. And again, it's sort of one of those things that's ridiculous to describe, but yeah. I kind of thought it was really awesome in the movie. <laughs> it's beautiful to look at. Yeah, I want to call up the... The choreography is done by, I think... And I'm, I'm, I'm going to mispronounce this, and I'm sorry... Yen Wu Ping, the guy. The Matrix, Crouching Tiger, he's yeah. the guy. Yeah. And because of this movie. Yes. And Iron and also Iron Monkey was Iron Iron Monkey, that right. he, he directed. But anyways, yeah, this is uh, Yen Wu Ping. Most people, I think, would probably know that name, but yeah. this, is, this is what kind of made him famous. Yeah. And rightfully so. Yeah. The choreography is amazing. Yeah. And it's one of those things, like, when you see a scene where a guy is fending himself off from a whole lot of men, yeah. it's like, I, I remember my dad making the comment, it's really nice of everybody to attack them one at a time. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. sort of defeats the purpose of having, you know, yeah. the, the benefit Multiple of numbers, numbers yeah. right? Yeah. I think that this movie really sells the, the, the battles between one man against an army. Yeah. Just because of his speed and because when he hits a guy, he uses that guy's flying body as a missile to defend himself from the next attack, right? Yeah, like, there's a calculated thing. Like, it's not just about knocking out this guy. It's about knocking out that guy, flipping him over himself, and using him as a shield from the coming blow from the guy in the other direction. Like, yeah. And, like... <laughs> I've seen a few bar fights. In my experience, like They're fights not... tend to last about 40, 50 seconds maximum. Yeah. They're really ugly and brutal and yeah. usually completely one-sided. <laughs> right? Yeah. So uh, the idea of watching a fight that goes on, like the one I was just describing, was probably a good 10-minute battle that they have, that whole yeah. fight. Yeah. It's exhausting to watch. <laughs> like, I feel tired after watching that sequence. Yeah, yeah. It is so impressive. Yeah, no, it, no. Jet Li and his stunt team are gifted, gifted artisan athletes. Though, you know, what they accomplish is jaw-dropping spectacular. Yeah. Uh, I think for a movie of this kind of ilk, whether, you know, and this is sort of based early in the Shaw Brothers kind of movies. I know Gordon Chan did this. He's the guy that also, you know, worked with John Woo for a while. Yeah. So there's similarity of choreographies here. Yeah, that blindfold fight is amazing. Also, when he goes into the Japanese dojo and just dismantles the, the samurais is awesome. Right. Um, it, it's, for me, it's also neat to see these, show, see these movies because there's a huge sense of nationalism, both that and, and Jackie Chan and... and um, in Jet Li movies, they're there's a lot of rah rah China. They're they're yeah. they're fucking with our culture. Yeah, How very rah rah China, and it's, I think it's kind of, it's a neat little quiche factor of it. Yeah, I think one of the reasons I really love Fist of Legend is it was my first Jet Li movie. Yeah. So in a way, I spent the rest of my my Jet Li fandom chasing the dragon yeah. <laughs> of Fist of Legend. Yeah. He's made lots of movies, but for me, this one there was something about it seeing it at last real. Well, it's seen as it's seen as one of his best. And I, I can see that. I can I, I can see why. Yes. <laughs> Um, I also like the big boss that he has to fight at the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, where's the strictly military Chinese guard. general? Yeah. And for some reason, like he can just be kicked in the face in the throat like a dozen times, and he smiles it off like <laughs> yeah. he's just the Terminator. <laughs> but you really need to come up with something because we've seen him take out rooms full of people to yeah. find like somebody who would be a believable, formidable competition opponent. Competition, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And I think they did a reasonably good job of yep. that. I think what we're saying is that it's a really good movie. And it's if you badass like martial arts movies, you should fucking watch it. <laughs> yeah. No, no. It's B.A. Badass Mother. <laughs> Sweet. It takes perfect timing. Expert training. And years of practice to become a master. But for this master, it only takes one drink to become invincible. Ah, drunken boxing. You get up! Down the hatch! No more drinking! But now. When an international gang of terrorists threaten to steal a nation's treasure, to take them on, he's got a tie one on. Don't worry, it gives him power. Oh, good stuff! It's a Drunken Master 2. Yep. Legend of Drunken Masters, it's called, on this side of the ocean. Yep. Actually, they changed more than just the title. There's some actual serious changes that they made to this movie that I take issue with. Okay. When I first saw it at Place Riel at yeah. midnight screenings, yeah. uh, like I said, I saw it three times because yeah. I think this was the first real one of these that I was introduced to. Yeah. And there's a centerpiece action sequence that happens in the middle of the movie, and I will get to the plot. I'm sorry, I always back into it. Uh, where Jackie Chan and this old fellow are attacked by an army of acts. The famous restaurant scene that yeah. was duplicated in Crouching Tiger, yes. And I genuinely couldn't fucking believe what I was watching. Like, yeah. I was sitting in the theater, and I was just blown away yeah. by this action sequence. Yeah. And again, it was sort of this chasing the dragon thing with the Jackie Chan. Yeah. I wanted to watch as much fucking Jackie Chan movies as I can, because if this is a Jackie Chan movie, sign my shit up, yeah. right? Yeah. So I'm all over it. Big fan. Yeah. Personal fan. Yeah. I'm not so in love with Legend of the Drunken Master just to say that it's a perfect movie. Yeah, the story kind of hobbles its greatness, but yeah. But, again, like I said with Fist of Legend, if you're here to see the stunt work, if yeah. you're here to see the choreography and yeah. the fighting, yeah. my review is, it's fucking amazing, watch it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> like, we'll keep talking, but yeah. that's the review. It, it's it, it's no secret that in the opening titles, you have Jackie Chan and his stunt team. It, you know, yeah. they get, you know, almost frontline, front page Credit. credits. And rightly so. Because the amount of pain and suffering that this team went through to make just this movie, yeah. not just, you know, Operation me- Condor, Twin Dragons, all these things. Show me any multi-million dollar summer tent pole blockbuster movie yeah. that is built on spectacle, yeah. and I will go blow to blow with Drunken Master yeah. as far as the wow factor for somebody watching it in the movie theater. Yeah. Like, again, and I'm talking specifically about the action beats. Yeah. The story is kind of weird. Um, the Drunken Master, Jackie Chan, uh, yeah. he... Uh, gets his packages mixed up. He thinks he's interrupted a thief in the luggage yeah. cart. He's trying to get this ginseng, is it? Yes. And uh, their packages get confused, yeah. and uh, 
it all gets into this convoluted plot how the British consulate is stealing cultural artifacts from yeah. China yeah. and abusing the steel workers yes. there. They're, they've decorrupted the unions, if you will. The story doesn't really make a lot of sense, but no, it's, it's not it, a story picture. It, it's basically <laughs> sort of scaffold and, and sort of hobbled together to, so you can get to these amazing fight sequences anyways. And basically the steel mill's there for the set piece. They yeah. can have a big fight in a fucking steel mill. Like, yeah. I don't know why they needed to be abusing the workers or what yeah. that had to do with them smuggling. Like, yeah. the, what, what, what they were <laughs> It just made them more evil. There's a scene where the work was completely in quotations so yeah. they fired everyone but we never really knew what that work was yeah it's, there's some weird absurd things well it was this big sort of underground tunnel subway conspiracy of stealing Chinese artifacts yeah. anyways the plot e- 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 the story is sort of secondary by fa- by far but that goes without saying. Yeah. We've talked about this already, and these, these are very yeah. simple movies. Yeah. I take less issue with the story swings and more with the tone swings. Yeah. Because there are moments where it's a lot of fun and it's a goofy sort of fun adventure romp. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they want to go super fucking serious and super hard. And, and Jackie Chan's being slow motion, almost beaten to death by his father and yeah. being expelled from the family. And yeah. everyone's weeping and it just gets super heavy for a second. Yeah. And it just seems to be a scene pulled out of a different movie. Okay. But anytime it's the very, fighting very happens... It's very, very melodramatic, yeah. Yeah. Anytime the fighting happens, I'm fine. But like I said, I have less interest or less issue with the sort of oversimplified or the sort of silly martial arts good guy bad guy story than I do with these weird tone shifts. Yes, yeah. and you've got your sort of usual uh, usual tropes characters that you would find in these kind of film films with the sort of stereotypical sexist even you know yappy you know housewife and the sort of dumb sort of goofy friend that that character shows up in more than one sort of martial arts movies. Well, I did want to talk about his mom. Okay. I, I can't remember her character's name. Okay, but anyways, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I wasn't sure how to take, like, and one time, is she a strong character? Like, she's constantly she's defying got... her husband and getting yeah. away with shit and yeah. a master manipulator? Yeah. But I couldn't remember. There were some things that I remembered the changes well, and, that, yeah. and some things I couldn't, but she uses this whole guise that she's pregnant Yeah. Uh, to, you know, get her husband to calm down and stop yeah. being such a hard ass and justify her strange behavior yeah. and at the end of the movie it's still not clear to me whether or not she's legit pregnant because it starts off as a lie yeah but then she starts seem to being acting much more legit like later on in the movie like it's a story thread that's never finished it's completed something like it was lost in translation like yeah. i like the performance and i yeah. like the sassiness for lack of a better word of that yeah. character but I didn't quite fully get it. I don't know if it's a cultural thing or what. But. Yeah, well, I, I think we, I've seen that character before in yeah. martial arts films where it's the yappy sort of, I don't want to say bitchy wife, but at least manipulative. The, that's the thing, though, because the, the father is so noble and so everyone's yeah. got to be by the rules. But so also stubborn and piggy-headed. And uh, uh, completely being played by his wife and his son constantly. Yeah. So, yeah. like, how great is this dude truly, like, yeah. Yeah. to be that oblivious of the people around him? I don't know. Anyways... All of the stuff that is distracting you, or yeah. distracting us from the fighting, is the stuff that I don't particularly like. Yeah. It's not. It's not a weight on the movie necessarily. It's yeah. just like those scenes don't need to be there. And while they're there, we're like, come on, go punch something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
and uh, if that's the worst thing I can say about this movie, that's that's pretty good. Yeah. This, this is you know, this is me looking for something bad to say. Yeah. No. Um. By far, out of all the picks in the uh, in this movie, this is probably the best display of martial arts. Mm-hmm. All the different styles from drunk, the drunken monkey, crane, whatever. And he sort of, of lists them off as he's doing. It is them. such a beautiful display of multiple martial arts, like. It, it, it's gobsmacking. Well, I the, mean, that one fight sequence of, with this somewhat fictitious axe gang, and that's not the first time we've seen this gang in this movie either, or right. in this movie series, because right. they do come back, um, is, wow, there's a, there's a fall from one of the stunt people, and it's deliberate. It's, it's not... It, yeah, it, where it looks like it would have shattered his ribcage. Yeah, but he falls from one giant pillar down to another, and how he falls is, like... Jackass couldn't rec- could recreate <laughs> that kind of like it's like stand up and say oh man son it's <laughs> that bone crunchingly bad. Uh, the answer to the question how much is that guy getting paid is not, not enough. enough. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he earned that day's paycheck. It was yeah. kind of like that was the one thing he he could do and then he, you know he gets his pay. Yeah. Oh, and of course there's the epic scene where. Jackie Chan does fall back slowly over that long pit of coals. And, oh. There's a lot of wire work and a lot of, I will say, pretty obvious wire work in this movie. Where he sort of springs back and he defies gravity, but not in a cool matrixy way, in a way that he's clearly attached to a cable. But it doesn't particularly bother me because it's still very impressive stunt work. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's all Corey like this isn't fake. He's not literally, you know, supposedly like unless they're in an accident on set. He's not yeah. literally supposed to be beating the fucking piss out of all of these people, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be interested in watching that. That's for the MMA fans and they're yeah. welcome to it, right? Yeah. I, I prefer my, my violence artificial. Yeah. Uh so there it is. Um but I love the sort of video game quality that the movie sort of achieves okay. in the last act. Okay. Where they enter the factory and you fight a bunch of bugs to get into the factory. They get the, the guards on the outside, you yeah. disarm them, you destroy the rifles. But once you get inside, there's a boss. <laughs> this is a huge guy that I don't think we've even seen before in the movie who fights with this chain wrapped yeah. around his wrist and is just super fucking badass. Yeah. And it's an ordeal. That fight, like, everything stops for that one guy. Yeah. And then another wave of baddies happens. And you get through that wave of baddies. Yeah. And there's another boss fight. Like, yeah. there's this weird, again, strangely formalized yeah. structure to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what they do with each of these and with the building of it is sort of keep sort of compounding the stunt work. Yeah. It gets more and more incredible yeah. as everything compounds. And by the time you get to the last few fights, and this is another one of these action movies where I start feeling physically exhausted just from watching the movie. Like, yeah, it, and it is exhausting. Oh to my God, I, yeah. I felt the same way watching the Raid movies yeah. sometimes. I'm no, just it, like, this movie is, yeah, I'm glad you're saying it is exhausting because, once <laughs> again, Jackie Chan earns his paycheck. Damn. And like the, like a, how many times can a guy get double kneed in the face and flipped through a table and then bounce back up for another round? And like, still deal with his severe drinking problem. <laughs> I fell off a stool that was like less than a foot off the ground and I had to go to the fucking emergency room because <laughs> I landed bad, right? Like, yeah. But, hole in his head, Larry. All I gotta say is hole in his head. It's great spectacle. I have issue with this American release. Um, 
It's dubbed, yeah. and you can only watch it dubbed. The DVD that I have, you yeah. can't even give the fucking option, which is just, don't force me on that. Mm-hmm. And there's this thing, I talked about the weird tonally shift all over the place. Yeah. At the end of the movie that I watched in the theaters, and I'm not making this up, yeah. the raw alcohol, I guess we haven't talked about the fact that he has to drink more alcohol, that's yeah. like his spinach if he was bought yeah. by, yeah. it makes yeah. him super alcohol, strong. Un- alcohol Anonymous would have a deep problem with this movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, there's the whole metaphor. You can use water to... You can sail a boat in water, but you can also drown in it. So it's, yeah. that's supposed to be the lesson of moderation. Yeah. But well, whatever. He drinks this industrial alcohol that yeah. they're using in the line. And it makes him fucking the Tasmanian devil. And it gives him the, the push that he gets yeah. to the end of the movie. But either through that or through the pummeling that he takes, very strangely, at the end of the movie, when the family's being rewarded... Jackie Chan's not present. Yeah. And the reason is, is that he was rendered insane. They cut to him back at the house. Yeah. Where, and he's basically just been rendered an idiot mm-hmm. because he poisoned himself mm-hmm. with all of the alcohol. Like, he drowned. The metaphor went a full ground. And mm-hmm. he drowned in that lake. And that's how the movie ended. And it's a weird way to end the movie. It's mm-hmm. totally adjacent to everything. It sort of undercuts the mm-hmm. great accomplishment of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's strange. But it is absent. Like, they just, in this movie, they just have some line dubbed in, oh, he's at home recovering. Yeah. And then credits. I, I, did, not, I did not remember that. It's really weird. And it's, it, it's so strange that the movie would end that way, because you think they're setting it up for him to, he saved the day, he's redeemed his relationship but with his father. he's essentially damned himself to a life of being a vegetable. But instead, he's like this crazy person. He's yeah. acting like a senile old man. And he's like, how old was Jackie Chan in this movie? 30? 30, 30 when he made it? Like point, yeah. But uh, it's weird because it's just like, show me the movie. Like, it, I don't like that the movies are being fucked with when, yeah. when they're being That's delivered a to us. Thing. You know? Don't fuck with it. Just show me the movie that these guys made. Like, it was a monster hit overseas. Yes. There's obviously a reason that yeah. people like this movie. Just yeah. don't, don't, fuck with uh, it. don't fuck with it. It's Harvey Weinstein, man. Harvey Weinstein. Um, I think I've been clear, though, that I'm a big fan. Yeah. No, this is, you know, if you have to watch at least five martial arts action movies, this would definitely have to be one of them. Yeah. Um, even that sort of fight sequence at the beginning on the train, which is a sort of a nod to a Buster Keaton movie. Yes. But that pole fighting is impressive. <laughs> but, uh, no, a big shout out to see, like, not just Jackie Chan, but his team of stunt people. There's a great video they have of that stunt people um, from the 1980s because, of course, you know, they change over time. Their yeah. bodies break down. Talking about their love for Jackie Chan and what he meant and Jackie's watching all of this and then they turn around and they have this big sort of, you know, brotherly love moment. It's beautiful. It's it's good to sort of single out just the whole team of them because like all of this, people work for Jackie Chan. He's a company unto himself. And another great thing that you you get out of any good Jackie Chan movie is that yeah. they use the end credits as an opportunity to show you a bunch of takes Stay that went wrong. for the credits yeah. in your So, like, to some guy who's supposed to dive perfectly through a window doesn't yeah. quite have, handle yeah. it right and just cranes the frame and is like, <laughs> I just out. liked how some of them sort of turn back to the screen and go, ah! I will, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, these guys jumping out with fire yeah. extinguisher to literally put Jackie Chan There is out. no way that a film like this would be made here in North America. The insurance companies would oh never, God. never sign off but on I'm it. sure there'd be a whole other movie of behind-the-scenes <laughs> footage. It's just horrifying. Of the guy who got fire running on through. His fucking face is a death, <laughs> man. It's just like... 
but yeah, they Maybe used they to be comfortable for some of the things you see. In a lot of the Jackie Chan movies during the credit scrolls, they'll show you yeah. some of the takes that went wrong, and that's yeah. usually kind of good for a few chuckles in a sort of subversive way. Hole People in his legit head, get man. hurt. Yeah, hole in his head, but yeah. the man can entertain. Yeah. perfected his art through years of sacrifice in a place he called home protected by a sacred power he lived in peace with the only family he had ever known but now a single act of betrayal will awaken a cruel destiny with their future lost to fear, all that gives them hope is the courage of the man who will sacrifice all he believes to win back their greatest treasure. So, Tony Ja, uh, I have only seen two movies of his so far, so he's still new to me. I saw the one where he was fighting for the elephants. Yes, uh, Tom, y- Tom Young-Goon uh, overseas, and that's the version, talking about versions that have been butchered. Yeah. When it came over to America, it was called The Protector, but uh, Tom Young-Goon was, is what it was over yeah. uh, in Asia. So I saw that one, and the one we're going to talk about, this yeah. arm back, the Thai warrior. Yeah. Um, again... I think he's young in his career, mm-hmm. so like it'd be interesting to see where he's headed, what's going to happen with him. But absolutely, again, physically talented, and mm-hmm. I think the way, the way he just sort of distinguishes himself is like he's all he could play like Spider Man or something. Mm-hmm. He gets air. Mm-hmm. He likes to be up in the air doing flips and kicks. Like he spends a lot of time slow-mo kneeing people in the head really fucking hard Mm -hmm. in a slow-mo way that like clearly contact was made and clearly that you know somebody got paid to take a hard hit (laughs) you know uh and it is impressive to watch i'm not gonna lie and like i said i believe in the introduction they they sold this movie on you know no wires Mm -hmm. I, again, I don't think it's a cheat to use my wires. Use any magic trick you want to make your movie, as long mm-hmm. as I don't see it. You know, as long as you fool me, mm-hmm. I have no bitching. But mm-hmm. it is impressive to think of some of the just the feats that you see on the film. man catapulting almost like ninety feet in the air and going by forward with his knees first yeah. into another human being is. Or just the way he clears obstacles, yeah. like he just like he Spins runs through a marketplace yeah. in a straight line without like yeah. moving anything. He doesn't interrupt anybody yeah. or or you know make anyone course correct. Yeah, but uh, he just floats through it, and yeah. uh, and again they uh, I think very consciously because they wanted to show you that they were they're using wider shots yeah. and slow mo to show you like we're not fucking with you. That guy just did that stunt. Mm-hmm. So yes. I think the stunt work is amazing, and I think, you know, it's another fairly familiar martial arts story. Mm-hmm. He, this man is training to be a uh, very, is it a monk or some kind of religious figure? Mm, uh, yeah, I think he was training to be a monk, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, so a he's a master of this martial arts, yeah. but he's instructed to not use this martial art. 
and uh, that's going to get to some complicated stuff that we'll talk about again. I'm going to I'm going to dig a little bit deeper on story in this one than I usually would for a martial arts movie, Fair enough. just because I need an excuse to, to to poke a few holes here and there, right? Okay. Was, actually, this was a hard list to rank. I'm going to say it wasn't an easy rank. For I agree. I agree. With the um, exception of one, clearly at the bottom, I, I... Yeah. Yeah. They're good movies. Yeah. So, yeah, the, his, he's a very religious man, his very religious village. Some guy from the big shitty, Doug, as he is called, he's got yeah. a very uh, American name, has been trying to buy these sacred relics from them. They right. keep refusing him. And then out of spite, he beheads their sacred idol of Ong yeah. back yeah. and takes the head back to this crime boss. Yes. Yeah. Like Who instantly kind of goes, ooh. Yeah. And what happens is two figures are kind of introduced. Our young Tony Ja, who's this pure spirit who's doing all this good, and this evil crime boss who's... Yeah. Uh, he has a tracheotomy. He has a tracheotomy. He, you know, gambles. Yeah. He's all about sort of sinful behaviors and yeah. me, 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 me. Yeah. He has no faith, no religion in his life. He even says, I don't see God. I think I am God. He's like yeah. the opposite of what's supposed to be our super pious yeah. preacher kid, right? Yeah. So he comes on a quest to find the severed head of this idol and restore mm-hmm. the lifeblood of his visit, village. Mm-hmm. And he meets another fan, uh, fellow who was from the same place. Who's Hung sort of Lay, been, Hung Lay. He's been sort of corrupted by the big city. Yes. He's the actor got a, is Pachai Wonkamalio. Thank you for doing that because I didn't want to attempt any of their names because <laughs> I thought it would sound just like I was making fun of them. I may have said his uh, surname wrong, but I know I got the first one. So... His, uh, his first name. Again, Ong Bak, or, or Tony Jaws sort of representing the purity. Yep. This guy was pure, but he's been tainted by the big yep. city. Yep. And the big bad guy is just sort of evil incarnate. He's, yes. And, yeah. Who has a, a bodyguard who is has a steroid drug problem. <laughs> Indeed. So they get caught up in this underground ring of mm-hmm. uh, fights once again. Doug sells drugs there, and this evil boss places these bets competitively. Yeah. And in a very memorable scene, he accidentally gets recruited into a fight, yeah. which he ends in one swift and brutal swing of a knee. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's set up as this big confrontation, and then... Wow! <laughs> Done. <And laughs> not since Indiana Jones shot that person in Raiders has there been a very one-sided quick fight. And I will say it's well set up. You're yeah. you're ready, and the movie's telling you here comes a fight. Yeah. And then nope. <laughs> 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 and he walks off like done. Right yeah. there it was. Um. So the crime boss loses some money over this and wants to get revenge and make some money off of the Tony mm-hmm. character. And he slowly starts to get corrupted. Uh, by the big shitty. Yes. That's the basic story that we're going to talk yeah. about in Ong Back. Yeah. Uh, I'm a fan. Where do you land? Well, I'm a big Tony Jaw supporter. I actually discovered him overseas when I was living in Korea. Uh, that, that's when he first sort of kind of came out. What I love about Tony Jaw is a lot of these mar- uh, movies have a huge sense of nationalism. But, especially with his earlier work, like Tom Young-Goon. Well, and comes to play here, for sure, yeah. The, and there is a sense of rah-rah Thailand, but there's also a sense of spirituality. We learn a lot about Buddhist faith in a lot of ways, and and their folklore. Uh, the whole Ong Bak series is, you know, taken from folklores from Buddhist Thai monk culture. Right. So there's that same, you know, beautiful spiritual on display, if you will. 
Um, even with Tom Young Goon, uh, we learn a lot about how there, you know, there are you know, elephant protectors. Like that's actually true. Right. These are people that are born to an elephant, and you know that's their life's work. To look after itself. Yeah, but of course that's more extended in the Asian cut and not the cut that we get there. And it usually probably yeah. involves a lot Same less thing with this food movie. than we would yeah. like. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but there's a lot of you know beautiful explanation on the, their culture in ways which is kind of neat and refreshing to and see. And he includes that when, yeah. when, whenever yeah. possible in his movies. Yeah, yeah. So uh, at least with these early ones, the other ones have gotten sort of much like... More mainstream. Jetly, although now he's here over in the States doing... Triple X and Fast and Furious movies. Oh, really? Yeah. But I digress. So Th- That's one neat element about, at least his early work, you know, I'd say check him out because I am deeply in love with Tony Jaws. The stunt work yeah. he, he does is really yeah. cool. I yeah. do wonder like why, how people are not getting severe concussions. Yeah, Those I'm hits sure are. Are, are very genuine yeah. hits. Like, yeah. And uh, when you fly through the air and hit somebody with the knee, with your knee up, on the head no matter yeah. how calculated that hit may be no matter how yeah. rehearsed yeah that dude's badly concussed yeah you know that tuck tuck chase sequence was also kind of a nice one to watch as well uh, the, those those uh yeah, tuck, tuck, carts. The, yeah, the little carts yeah they're called tuck tucks yeah. well that's one of the things that sort of opens up a question that i have about the movie it's not necessarily yeah. it's going to sound like i'm bitching but yeah. like i said i have to find threads to pull so i'm yeah. going to pull one yeah uh tony jaw says repeatedly in the movie no one should die yeah. in the retrieval of Ongbok or if anyone will die in the retrieval of Ongbok yeah. it will be him yeah. many people die <laughs> in yes. his quest to get yeah. Ongbok and if there was a scene where we saw him recognizing that yeah. I might I might have said okay like if he was wrestling with his faith or if we yeah. felt like his faith was being tested yeah. but his purity remains unquestioned throughout the movie yeah. and I think that it's a missed opportunity Okay. I don't know if it's something that maybe like he's a better actor physically than as like you know expressing sort of that kind of an arc. Yeah. But there was a real opportunity. Mm-hmm. They seem to be setting up this very religious sort of guy against this very atheist sort of crime lord, right? Yeah. And uh, you know, typically they're the two sides of the same coin. You know, mm-hmm. we we know why they hate each other, but yeah. why are they the same, right? You okay. know, and. Uh, you know, yeah, the, is it a tale as old as time? Yeah, but I think it would have added that extra layer of complexity to the movie. That, well, that's that deep, son. I didn't quite think, go there. Well, well you, you don't typically think that deep in these movies. Yeah, but, like, the movie was quality enough that they could have easily gone there, I think. Yeah. And again, like, this is me pulling a thread. Like, I have to find a reason to put this one slightly lower than another, right? Uh, so okay, I, like, fair like, enough. Uh I think this movie is very rough around the edges, yeah. e- even with their stories. And I'm sure it, it could have gotten a couple more drafts and maybe gone to that place. But you can tell, once again, this is a movie made by hungry people. Uh, from the director on down, who is Pracha Pinko. Okay. Uh, I, I'm, I'm trying here. Hey, better be, you than me. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, you know, this is the kind of their first big movie together. Right. Uh, and... Once again, you they got want it to be a big popular. Yeah. They want it to a start lot of a hungry people here doing here. Yeah, um, and I do think it's mainly successful. Like, oh yeah, and everything it's tra- it's kind of choppily edited together, which is a super common mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, I think I also heard heard like the Wilhelm scream at least once or mm-hmm. twice in this and other movies. For those at home who don't know what the Wilhelm scream is, it's this famous <laughs> scream. We've used talked by, about it in the podcast before. Yeah. Okay, well I'll stop. But it's <laughs> ah, but I, I can't even replicate yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a 
sound cue for me it takes me out of movies yeah. you'll hear it Star Wars you'll hear it in yeah. Lord of the Rings it's just this particular scream yeah. you'll hear again and again and for me you know if you're making if it's a comedy or a satire or you're making a winking thing or this is yeah. a typical Hollywood movie I guess throw it in there but for yeah. me it just takes you out anything that's going to take you out of the movie I say don't put it in there okay but I do think that the movie is mainly successful in what it's trying to be. And what it's trying yeah. to be is, like, this is Tony Jaa, and he fucking kicks ass. Yeah. And in that respect, for sure. But they gave all the emotional arc to his buddy, you know? Yes. They gave all the sort of acting to his buddy. Yes, Humley, who's a sort of a grating character. You don't like him. Yeah, you don't. You don't. Yeah. Like, and, we and would he doesn't feel even survive more. the movie. That's we would a... feel more. The end would have more impact. His yeah. death would mean more if yeah. we liked him. Yeah, but the first thing he does is lie to our main character, steal his money, and yeah. then force him into underground fighting. And it's, he's more redemptive than Tony Jaa is in a lot of ways. Yeah. But the fact that he's such a prick yeah. that he, and just grading, I I know that's how they talk sometimes I don't know That's I was also off that. with the female character that he was looking after when when he died yeah and again this might just be a cultural lost in translation thing but her yeah. reaction to seeing him expire is yeah. who's gonna take care of me now yeah. who's gonna take care of me now you can't do this who's gonna take care of me yeah and I'd like to think that if my best friend died in front of me I'd be like my first reaction wouldn't be, you know, who's going to be my best friend? <laughs> so, like, there was something like she was pissed off. Like, yeah. it seemed, uh, she was grief. I don't know what it was, but, yeah. or, or maybe the, the translation was inelegant. Like, maybe, yeah. maybe she means, like, you promised me that you would look after yeah. me or something like that. But it just, yeah. it read a little strange to me. Yeah. Well, um, those who are lovers of Muay Thai kickboxing, which there are a few, mm -hmm. I'd say thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, if not millions, this is the main martial arts put on display. I, I had actually the honor of seeing an actual live night of Muay Thai kickboxing fighting when I went to Thailand. It was one of the most brutal acts of display I'd, I'd seen ever. Wow. There were like five, six, I think it was eight fights. Yeah. yeah. And the first four were children fighting children. Like it, it was things that, you can't unsee. There was one fight where it was a 12-year-old against an 8-year-old, and of course the 12-year-old just, like, Demolished it him. was a beating. And, like, blood and teeth were shot into the, like, the, um, crowd like, of this boy. Like, it's, it's this image has stayed with me. Like, you can't unsee that. Wow. And then the adults came out, and it was brutal. Like, blood, broken bones, like, yeah. Like, Again, I prefer my uh, violence a little more artificial. Yeah, but respect to Muay Thai kickboxing. These no. guys' shins are made of steel yeah. and forearms. Oh, I, I can't imagine some guy taking a running knee kick to yeah. my face. Yeah. Like, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> like, seriously. Not just concussion, per maybe permanent yeah. brain damage. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, it's, it's worth a look. It, obviously, we're saying it's not perfect, but... Yeah. No, uh, overall, I, I I love this movie. Not only just be for the the martial arts and stunt work on display. That chase sequence in that market is, mwah. yeah, I really love that chase almost yeah. as much as any of the fights. That chase yeah. is really cool. When I'm going through that whole circle of wire and yeah. tables and stuff like that, and how just he kicks. the prop work generally. I, we haven't talked enough about that throughout the movies. Yeah. That is a thing. That's a template in a lot of these. Mm -hmm. Jackie Chan, I mean, to me, is the master of it, especially mm -hmm. in the Drunken Master using the bottles. Yeah. But, you know, they'll incorporate benches, ladders, yeah. bamboo trees, yeah. you know, like yeah. anything is a weapon. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's accomplished really well. Yeah. Too. 
And that two fight sequences he had with that evil henchman are also visually impressive. The climax alone uh, in that cave around that uh, gigantic skull that sort of falls and kills our villain finally. Yeah. You have to just Again, he's killed by a giant religious artifact. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, no, um, we, uh, Ong Bak is awesome. And the winner for the most insane movie out of these six handily would go to Kung Fu Hustle. <laughs> yes. Um, this is genuinely like the most absurd and overtly, I think, comic mm-hmm. of the ones we do. Definitely Legend of Drunken Master had some consciously comedic stuff to it as well. Yeah. But this one, I think, is, you know, an action comedy yeah. fantasy yeah. adventure. Fucking everything in one movie. We're going to put everything in one bucket and we're going to dump it over yeah. your head. Yeah. Right? And as an approach, I mean, that's usually a safe bet for a piece of entertainment. Like, you keep shit happening, you keep shit coming in from left field, and people are going to be dazzled, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, calming down, sitting back, and getting over sort of the initial sort of special effects spectacle of this mm-hmm. movie, which you can't really deny. It looks cool, mm-hmm. and there's some epic fight sequences. Mm-hmm. Um, when I come back to revisit it and put it into context with a list of these movies, mm-hmm. this one feels at once built out of these other movies. We have elements we've seen before, like the Axe Gang mm-hmm. is present here, mm-hmm. and um, you know, masters representing their own specific t- styles and mm-hmm. subsets, and even the idea of using martial arts uh, to manifest animal. Mm-hmm aspects mm-hmm. to a point where one guy actually like turns into a fucking bullfrog mm-hmm. and his throat expands and he blows mm-hmm. air at people like it's so far a fantasy spectacle mm-hmm. that it feels less a martial arts movie to me mm-hmm. if that makes sense it does well the other thing about this movie is like from the opening long tracking shot of the police station which ends with a corrupt police officer being flung into a sign and this guy wrote it and direct, directed it too. Green so Chow, yeah. He's, his film language is, is very, very strong. That long tracking shot that goes throughout the police station, that's a well-put-together shot by a masterful director. So yeah. this guy is a very, very talented individual. You're right, he's made a living, breathing, violent cartoon. Yeah. And usually I'd come down hard on a film for using CGI to help with their sort of action sequences. But here it actually works. And I mean, for the stuff he was trying to attempt, yeah. there was no way to do it really practically. Yeah. And you're not going to literally punch a guy's head into the ground. Yeah, or have a chase sequence where you can like leapfrog and fling in the air for <laughs> 90 yards or yeah. more. So there's because there's less reality to it, there's yes. a little bit less impact to it. Yes. The hits feel less real. The con- yeah. the, the stakes feel less real. Yes. You you have no doubt that the good guys are going to win in this movie. Yeah. Um, and that it is just a spectacle. It is about spectacle. It might yeah. as well be fucking King Kong we're yeah. watching, right? Like, 
just woo and yeah. you know again I respect that as an approach you know mm-hmm. you dazzle the audience for 90 minutes and you'll earn that round of applause at the end you know you like that's fine but I think the closer you look the more the more things become problematic for mm-hmm. me we were sort of set up we introduced this very poor tenement block mm-hmm. and we're introduced to these charming but very rough hume couple mm-hmm. that, that run it and you're you know constantly being very violent towards each other and mm-hmm. screaming for their rent and they're mm-hmm. behaving like typical villainous slumlords. Mm-hmm. And then the Axe Gang shows up and they're the bad guys by prowess of being just worse mm-hmm. than anyone else that we've met so far. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? And we find out that within this complex mm-hmm. there are several martial arts masters mm-hmm. within living in hiding. Yeah. And, and these are old Shaw Brothers Chinese action templates stars. and if you were in a into lot of culture ways, you would yeah. recognize some of these templates in a lot of ways more. this is almost like a chinese the expendables right it's a big loud loud you know applauding clap to these movies of old in a lot of ways yeah and again i think that i would have liked all of that in a more seriously toned movie than this one really and i was a little bit made uncomfortable with some of the uh, homosexual stereotypes. Yeah, like that's annoying. That you'll see kind of throughout the, the movie. Uh, not just the stereotypes portrayed by the homosexual characters, but how they're treated mm-hmm. and uh, the, you know, they're punchline characters in the movie. Yeah. It's it's not quite Jerry Lewis doing the bad Chinese uh, man yeah. in, in, in Breakfast at Tiffany's, but it's distracting. You, yeah, it, it is distracting. It's just one of the things you're going to have to accept when you see a movie like this, China does not have a great... Oh, I've rights. run into it recently. I talked about this movie Tokyo Zombie, which yeah. is really bad for that as well. They're, yeah. they're still a little bit behind as far as how accepting they are of alternative lifestyles, it would yeah. seem. I'm speaking out of ignorance here, but it, yeah. that's the impression I got from watching the You're movie. not far off the mark. So, um, Anyways. Where it's strong is the character beats and the cartoon over-the-top mm-hmm. violence. Mm-hmm. Like, it is entertaining. Like, I'm not going to say that it's not. But it is a cartoon, mm-hmm. and say what you will about the other movies that we we were talking about here, they were simple. They were dealing in you know black and whites, mm-hmm. but there were real martial arts going on. Like it mm-hmm. was, the display of physical like prowess prowess was what was almost the the special effects of the movie. Like mm-hmm. I say, you don't need a hundred million dollars in CGI if you have one guy who can just do amazing flips through the air and mm-hmm. kick people across a room, right? Mm-hmm. So, I think that I get why it was a huge blockbuster. I get why people love it, especially if you're more wrapped up in in Asian culture and you knew sort of symbolically who these different characters represented. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you would it would make much more of a meal out of it. Mm-hmm. But for me, it just sort of seems like an overcooked martial arts movie, it, and uh, that's what I feel about it. It's it, that's not a bad. It's like I said, this is a good list of movies, but. Mm-hmm. If, like I said at the top of the review, it, it feels less like a martial arts movie and more like just this fantasy spectacle. Mm-hmm. It's like comparing Scott Pilgrim versus the world against, uh, I, I don't know, Rocky or some mm-hmm. fighting movie, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, but I thought, once again, the display of fight sequences, especially in the middle of the movie when they get to the pigsty alley, is mm-hmm. gorgeous to look at. Some of it is, yes, wire work obviously there's CGI you punch people up the side of a building or through things like that yeah Yeah. but it is a cartoon so much that it like I almost find myself asking why isn't it anime yeah this movie would almost be perfect for like 13 year olds if it wasn't so bone crunchingly violent especially towards the end yeah 
because um, it is like it is a cartoon and the logic that exists in that universe is very much on display here and those hard shifts of yeah. the of, of tone and story that happen in the movie we don't like these people I think Dragon Master is worse for that yeah. though we don't like these people oh we do like these people yeah um uh, it's a goofy slapstick comedy. It's a really traumatic, you know, tragic thing that yeah. this guy's dying. Like, again, we're going all over the place. I think, in a way, it, it fits more with Kung, uh, Kung Fu Hustle in that that's sort of how they've established themselves. Mm-hmm. We're just a very busy, loud movie. Yeah. Whereas uh, I didn't feel that as much with Duncan Master, but... As a pure filmmaking experience, though, it's definitely the most polished out of all of them. He may be the best filmmaker of the bunch, which yeah. makes it kind of weirdly paradoxical that yeah. it's not one of the best movies. That's why, I, that's why I really like this movie. Yeah. One of the criticisms that all these movies, I think, could, could have is that at some point you, you can see the rough, choppy nature of, of these movies. Like, like, some of them did not have a lot of budget. Well, or things like in Ong Bak, which yeah. we didn't really talk about. I was going to how yeah. he would do a hit, and then they would do a reverse angle, and we'd see that same hit. Yeah. And we'd see that same hit sometimes two or three times. Yeah. And it was really impressive, but yeah. in a way, like, style was taking over the reality of that. Yeah. You pick one of those angles, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, but anyways... The hustle, like I said, there's some really good long tracking shots. It has a dance number. Like I don't, yep. I, I can't think of any other you know action movie that has a dance number done by our villains that is get up you know applaud worthy over and, a sequence of their slaughter, if you will. And it it it's interesting because it's so honest about mm. yeah, this is all an elaborate dance, even when we're fighting. Mm. So why not have a fucking dance number in here? Why yeah. not? Yeah. Yeah. And then it's certainly it's 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 odd, but it doesn't seem untrue to the universe. Yeah, this is a universe where people can get punched out of a of a building, you yeah. know, and then land and get up, dust themselves off, and everybody has a laugh. Yeah. <laughs> like, or they put a giant pot of flower pot and a flower on their head to conceal themselves. Yeah, yeah. No, the the humor and just sort of the rules of the universe are wonderful. Yeah. Um, I agree. It's probably the weirdest uncle or relative of the uh, out of all the movies. Um, I mean, maybe this is the direction that they're going in for me. I think it was kind of a giant love letter to their style of epic filmmaking, anyways. Yeah. Like I said, it it sort of felt like a Chinese Expendables with just a little more crazy craziness and and but class and think talent. The Expendables was particularly well directed. That's no. the thing. You're no, right. no, I think Chow's a stronger, way stronger director. Visually, the movie is really amazing. He's moving the camera. He's getting, yeah. you know, into the action in a really sort of yeah. kinetic way. Yeah. Uh, but I, maybe because his focus is so strong in the cinematic universe, the trade-off for me was sort of the fights felt less authentic. I'm, I could be completely alone. Well, I agree sport. that the pathos isn't as strong. Yeah. But I think the sensation they were going for was a lot different more than sort of the kind of adrenaline. I'm sure there was I'm sure there was adrenaline adrenaline to be desired, but this film what just merely wants to entertain you. Like you were laughing all the ways. It, it is sort of similar to a lot of Jackie Chan films cuz Chow usually plays the buffoon that's very talented in skills. Right. So there is that sort of correlation. It's a violent cartoon comedy. Yeah. Uh, I do love that sequence when they're trying to get after the the landlady and they're trying to learn how to throw knives and it goes horribly wrong. <laughs> like that is sheer a brilliant sequence of slapstick. 
Yeah, um, and I like the colorful group of characters that yeah. we see that live in the slums. Yeah. Like uh, the that weird skinny lady with the strange teeth. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the old codger who has no business to survive this long. Yeah. He's constantly giving little little asides. Yeah. Like, th- there's a lot of color to the movie. There's a lot of texture. The boy to who has movie. a problem with his pants that continues to dangle and, you know, having the shower at the beginning. I, I really liked his character. Yeah. But again, in the end of the day, oh, these movies are about people fighting, and it's all dressing around that, you know. I, I, but I think the fighting's pretty impressive. I mean, it's more stagey and cartoonish yeah. than out of the wall. It's, I agree, the stakes weren't as high, but this it, movie is it's, it's first more fantastical, so by very definition, mm-hmm. less real world. So therefore, to me, a little bit less impactful. Okay. I just think that its main desire was to again, be totally candy worth a watch. Yes, absolutely worth a watch. Yes. Get up. By the way, I think my new moniker as champion is not is not Mr. Beckman. It's just the Beckman. The Beckman. The Beckman. <laughs> Fair enough. As long as I am, as long as I am king. <laughs> uh, this was a special episode. You specifically requested it. We yeah. built the list together. So yeah. thank you for once again returning for rank and review. It's all good. You know what we're doing. It's yeah. that time. These six scrappy uh, movies I are going to have to fight it out. And. Yeah. Uh, I would love to hear what was your least favorite of these six martial arts features and why. I don't think we're going to match up, but here here it goes. So I I don't think without surprise number six is blood sport. It's one of those Kumate, Kumate, Kumate. Fair enough. That is a <laughs> That song. Entertaining man. in its that way, song, but not a good movie. Yeah, I no, agree. it's so bad it's good. It's a canon film, but I've been on the sort of canon kick of late, so right. just one of my moods. Can't believe I'm putting this as number five because it's the classic, it's the granddaddy, and that's Bruce Lee's End of the Giant. Oh wow, that it's, surprises me. It does, it does. Like, just I love this list. It was hard to put Enter the Dragon down here because the movie's thoroughly entertaining. I just think some of the martial arts on display here takes a huge leap forward when Jet or when um, Jackie Chan shows up. Yeah. Um, take nothing away from Bruce Lee's skill. I mean, the man was a legend. Yeah. There's a theory about his death, by the way, that it was the triads involved, especially because they knew that Bruce Lee had a wandering eye for the ladies. And mm-hmm. Anyways, we didn't get to that discussion. So, at number five, I can't believe I'm saying this, because I also am a big Robert Klaus fan. He's Enter the Dragon. Okay. Number four is Kung Fu Hustle. I agree with some of your argument, but the film is so masterfully well put together. Um, and the CGI works. I agree it takes away from some of the risk ooh-ah factor of the other films above it, but I still think it's a fine, fine, and it just wants to entertain motion picture. Right. So Kung Fu Hustle. 
Number three, a special place in my heart because I do love sort of the the Buddhist religious angles of his films. That's Ong Bak Muay Warrior by Tony Jaa. Man's impressive and has shins of steel. Yep. <laughs> shins of steel and can jump like a frog. It's impressive. Number two, when I first started this list, I thought for sure this would be number one and went back and forth. The most badassery of them all would be Fist of Legend. Yeah. It's an uh, impressive, impressive, impressive piece of work. And last but not least, but the, this, the sheer collection of martial arts on display right. and the sheer risk-taking goes to Legend of Drunken Master. Fist of Legend has a, a stronger story in a lot of ways, but the sheer amount of athleticism and skill and poetry, because it is physical poetry on display, it's breathtaking. Yeah. Like, th- there's a reason why a lot of people have this in their top ten of action films of all time. I can understand it. Yeah. It's main bread and butter are the sequences. It's definitely in the conversation, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I was going to get a kick. I'm so used to seeing, you know, Western movies that are rah, rah, empire, or, um, you know, America, where this is where, you know, the nationalist Brits are the enemies. It was a nice sort of change yeah. of pace. So, there you go. Dragon Master. But I can tell we did not... No... Dude, if not for uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme's dreamy abs, yeah. uh, we would have gone zero for six. Because yeah. the only place that we agree yeah. is Bloodsport at six. Okay, not surprised. And I do have to say, like, I it's not a good movie to me. Like, I mm. don't think it's good, but I think that the right person in the right mood would yeah. have a lot of fun with it. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. I it's, get you. It's a good, bad movie. That's what I said. It's the classic <laughs> example of a good, bad movie. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it introduced the world for better or for worse. Ha! <laughs> it's that face and scream. It's just not at all like Bruce Lee's. It almost, uh, I can see why you say he looks like he's orgasming. He's definitely passing something. Yeah. Ah! Look. All right. Sorry. So I think my case has been made. Uh, okay. I love you, Jean-Claude. Yes. But you're in sixth place. Okay. <laughs> so all the way in fifth place, I'm putting Kung Fu Hustle. Okay. And I do think it's a pretty spectacle. But for me, in my head, and maybe this is a personal hang-up when I'm yeah. watching a martial arts movies, I want to see martial artists doing their martial arts. Yeah. And this is a lot of computer-augmented, over-the-top, yeah. people turning to animals, people turning into superheroes. Like, yeah. it really is a living cartoon. And yeah. it, it, it's an effectively made, entertaining living cartoon, but yeah. it feels less like a martial arts movie because of it to me. Okay. So that's where I put it in fifth place. All the way in fourth place, I put Tony Jaa's starring on vehicle on back. Yeah. I uh, And I do like the movie a lot. And uh, there was a tough one for me where, like, this one and the one next to it kind of went back and forth. Because yeah. I really am impressed that they didn't use the wires and the yeah. tricks for this movie. So, the, movie has its, the movie has its rough edges. Um, yeah. you can it's tell not that, perfect. Yeah. And again... Y- you can. I don't recommend it, but you can watch these movies just skipping to the next fight if you want. Yeah. And if that's how you're going to do it, you're still going to get your money's worth out of Ong Bak. Yes. So, uh, in in fourth position, Ong Bak. In third position, which I thought was going to be controversially low, <laughs> is Enter the Dragon. Okay. Um, it's the granddaddy. And like I said, like, it, it, it hurt me to put it there. Yeah. Because the, the movie... It still works for my consumption. Its influence is unmistakable. Yeah. Its fingerprints are all over every single fucking other one of these yeah, movies. Yeah, like yeah. 
And uh, whether it's an actor wearing a Bruce Lee outfit, that that yellow jumpsuit, or whatever. Yeah, and if you were if you were you know, from China or J- Japan or Hong Kong, you like you yeah. would have known Bruce Lee already. But this was the movie that brought it to us, it, and I am very grateful yeah. to it for that. So, yeah, it's very 70s. It's got some kitschy qualities, but yeah. I think it fights its way to, to third place. Fair enough. Bruce fucking Lee. Right? Bruce yeah. fucking Lee. And, yeah, one and two were tough, but in the end, I reversed yours. I put okay. Legend of Drunken Master in second place. Okay. And what, what swung me was those tone le- shifts. Yeah. Uh, Fist of Legend has sort of a clarity of purpose yeah. and a consistency of like yeah. we understand what's happening at every sort of swing and yeah. that's the only sort of thing that gives it the slightest edge but really yes Legend of Drunken Master and Fist of Legend are two just spectacular pieces of inf- entertainment like yeah. hard to beat yeah. like they're both actually quite old movies now they're yeah. like 20 one's, years old they're both least. in the 90s I think one's 92 one's 93 something like that so yeah. like these uh, are the, them in their prime as well like they're now they're, they're slower they're still very good so um, I'm not super scrappy with you I mean I, our lists are close in a lot yeah. of ways but it's interesting that we only matched there's the some bottom. personal bias I think that sort of crept into around. it Kung Fu Hustle is by far the most technically well made movie out of all of them and it's interesting that it hit so low yeah Anyways. But I did really enjoy the list, and like I said, yeah. it was a tougher rank for me. Yeah. It's weird the lists that are tough to rank and the lists that aren't. There's five very good movies on this list, and then there's one that's just a unique That piece was of... fine to watch. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, but there's like, they, they strongly recommend all five of these movies. Yeah. In a lot of ways, I think the rank, like I said it's very hard to do, and you could make a good argument for exchanging the order in yeah. a lot of ways and you know like it's it is one of the episodes and i've said this before mm-hmm. if we recorded tomorrow instead of today m- my list might be slightly different like mm-hmm. like the, it's tough it's really close yeah it's really close i'm most passionate about the bottom and like even the top yeah. fist of legend and legend of drunken master those two are really in a state of mortal combat yeah, <laughs> and today fist of legend happened to win yeah. but that does not affect you. You are still the reigning rank and review champion. Yeah. So thanks for coming back. Uh, you can't double down if you're not playing the game, see? Uh, uh, other people want to get competitive. They've got to do the podcast. I know. I, I have know. to fend you off. I have to say, look, Lee, you can't do every podcast. It's just not fair. Scrappy. I'm scrappy. Yeah, you're in it to win it. I respect that. that's it the fight is over this episode is running to a close but if you have feedback for me i would encourage you to do so by sending it to rank and review at gmail.com that's r-a-n-k-n-r-e-v-i-e-w at gmail.com i'm your host around canadian larry parsons as always thank you so much for tuning in to rank and review please seek out the show on facebook seek it out on itunes And please tell that other film lover in your life that there's this podcast called Rank and Review, and it's just waiting for them. Until next we speak, 